Welcome to Real FM Rewind. Here's some highlights from the week. I loved going to the library as a kid, but I think since after COVID, libraries don't seem to attract frequent visitors like they used to. And you want to know what would solve this problem? Cats. Obviously, I'm biased because I love cats, but seriously, adding a cat or kitten to your library is the fastest way to get people to visit. In fact, one library in Ohio is doing this exact thing, which only furthers my point. A three-month-old cat named Benny was rescued and adopted by a library attendant. The librarian figured, why not bring Benny to work one day? And that's where it all began. Now Benny works at the library and the kids love him. He enjoys story time with them, plays with them, gets them more engaged in reading books. It's a win-win for everyone. Benny has a home and a job and the kids have more reasons to visit the library and read books. We've been talking for a while now, Kara, about back to school season coming soon. Yes. It's not soon anymore. <laughs> it's here. Back to school season has officially <laughs> arrived. It's true. Lots of students in Northwest Arkansas at their first day of school today. Yes. Lots more going to be having their first days tomorrow or mm. on Wednesday. So the season has finally arrived. That means the back to school shopping, haircuts, yeah. new outfits, all the things, a new routine. Mm. And honestly, for a lot of parents and a lot of kids nowadays, it means managing some stress mm. and some anxiety, True, both for parents and for kids. Mm. I was reading uh, something from Howard Liu, a doctor, a psychiatrist today, who was talking about the challenges of going back to school in mm. 2023, yes. especially for our children. Right. And he had a few mental health tips mm. as we head back to school for a new year. And the first one that he talks about is one that I think we're starting to realize just how important this is for our kids. Mm -hmm. That's the importance of a reliable routine mm. and plenty of sleep. Yes. There was a study published pretty recently that showed that children who got an insufficient amount of sleep experienced more mental health and behavior challenges than their peers who received enough sleep. Wow. Also found to be linked to stress, depression, anxiety, mm. even some aggressive behavior. And 60% of middle schoolers don't get enough sleep wow. on school nights. That's crazy. And for high schoolers, it's over 70 Oh my goodness. Percent. Yeah. And we've discovered even in my own family, like this is really, really important. Mm -hmm. We can tell the difference both for our kids and honestly for us as adults yes. when we're not getting enough sleep. It's so true. And I think it used to kind of be this like badge of pride, yeah. even for adults of like, oh, I only need four or five hours, mm. or I can get by with not a lot. Nope. But there's a lot of studies that show mm -hmm. we need at least seven, eight, and kids need quite a bit more than that. Yes. Even as so much as true. 10 or 12. Man. So Lou says, sleep is something you've got to pay attention to. It's mm. enormously important. And there's more and more data that shows that throughout our lifespans, sleep is hugely important yes. for brain health. Yes. You just gotta be at the right place at the right time to take the perfect pet picture, am I right? Sometimes I'll see my cats doing something cute, I whip out my camera and it's like they know I'm gonna take the picture, so they stop doing the cute thing that they were doing. I think it's because these pictures can be so hard to capture that there's an award for the funniest pet picture. It's been the fourth year of the Comedy Pet Awards, which is a photography contest for people to capture those moments of cuteness and hilarity. 
This year's winner had a really cute and funny picture of two tuxedo kittens. One was looking out the window, being very cute, very innocent and ignorant, as its sibling was just behind it in a big pounce position mid-air with its paws stretched out. It's so funny. But the picture I think is the funniest is one from 2019 taken in Central Park. And the picture shows a dog mid-air completely stretched out, exposing its belly. It's got the biggest grin on its face. And there's three older women sitting behind it on benches looking confused and horrified. <laughs> it's just a bizarre and funny image. And it really does show that one image is worth a thousand words. A lot of those words being cute and aww. You know, Anson, as you've been talking about back to school this afternoon and your kids heading back in a couple of days, I have been thinking about my niece and nephews back in Nebraska, so I don't get to see them very often, but I've been thinking about them this week because I actually talked to my mom yesterday and she kind of filled me in on all the things going on with them. And mm -hmm. one of them's going into sixth grade. Mm -hmm. One of them is a high schooler and he's got football and academics. And there's just a lot going on with back to school and I could tell from her voice and uh, you know what you know she was concerned about them and 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 it's a hard season back to school or it can be it can be kind of a time that's full of anxiety yep. i know for my niece especially i thought a lot about her because i had a lot of anxiety mm. around that age mm -hmm. and i've struggled with knowing like how to help her yeah. especially from a distance right. because i'm like i'm not there all the time I want her to know that like I'm being supportive, but I just, I've really had a hard time with that. Yeah. But actually uh, one of my counselors recently told me something that was, it, it was helpful. She said, well, think about when you were that age, what did you need to hear? Mm. And I was like, that is such good advice yeah. because I think we forget what it's like yes. to be 11 and 12 mm -hmm. and whatever age your kids are and how life feels hard even if as a grown up you look at them and go come on your life isn't that hard comparatively right. but like yeah. for them it is exactly and so I think it's important to remember what it was like to be that age yeah. and maybe just I don't know text them <laughs> shoot them a message on Facebook yeah. because that's where they live or whatever it is and just let them know hey I know this can be a tough time mm. and just want you to know I'm here for you I'm thinking about you and uh, and I love you and whatever you need I'm, I'm here it is hard waiting isn't it being in a season of wait is so hard but I'm trying to comfort myself by knowing that it is here in this season of waiting where I can totally trust God to do what he's going to do he is in control, not me. And everything is going to happen in his timing, not mine. It's really hard to be in this place. It's hard letting go, giving him control, but I know it will bring me closer to him. I am not a very patient person by nature, and I love having a sense of control. So this is not fun. And I know it's because I'm not patient and I am controlling that that is why God has me here to learn this lesson of waiting, to be in this season of waiting. I know it's gonna help me as the years go on, as I go through the ups and downs of life, the hills and valleys, having that trust and reliance on God. If you're in a season of waiting, I totally get it. It is so hard and it actually kind of hurts, doesn't it? Sitting and wondering where God is. But I believe he is right here with us, sitting here in this moment, waiting for us to see him.
Kara, do you have any phobias? You know, like the typical Ooh. stuff like bugs, spiders, snakes, that kind of thing. Are, are you bothered I, by them? I mean, I don't like any of those things. Yeah. They, they, I would prefer them to stay out of my <laughs> realm right. of being. That's kind of where I'm at, too. Like, I wouldn't say I'm deathly afraid of, like, right. snakes, for example. Yeah. Like, on sight, I'm not going to panic. No. But I but also, also would like them to keep their distance. <laughs> Please stay away. Which is why, when I read this story about a woman, her name is Peggy. She lives in Houston. Uh-huh. And she tells a story story that um honestly it's kind of terrifying <laughs> oh no okay it involves a snake okay and it involves a snake falling out of the sky no that's terrible she's mowing her lawn uh-huh. minding her own business on her riding lawnmower yeah when out of nowhere a snake falls <gasps> out of the sky Nuh-uh. and lands on her head no <laughs> that's not okay and like i said snakes you know okay yeah, yeah. but not on, on my, my head. head. No, thank you. Falling out of the sky. No, thank you. So it wraps itself around <gasps> her arm. Uh uh-uh. uh. Starts trying to bite her. Uh. She has glasses on, luckily, which kind of yeah, protect, protect her, her just a little bit. Oh my goodness. And that would be more than enough if the story just ended That's right there. That's a bad enough story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But oh no. Oh oh dear. There's a second part to the story. Oh boy. The hawk that apparently dropped the snake on Peggy's head <laughs> decided it really wanted it back. <gasps> oh. So as she's there trying to fling a snake off of her arm, a hawk swoops down to retrieve it. What? Clawing at her arm, trying to pull the snake off as it's clinging to her arm for dear life. Oh, no. Now she's caught literally between a snake and a hawk. No. She's like, the snake was squeezing my arm. I'm waving it in the air. This hawk is swooping down and Ah, clawing at me. She said, I just kept saying, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. (laughs) Which is the appropriate response. I agree. Totally makes sense. Because when you're living out not one, but two bizarre nature nightmares Uh simultaneously, I think all you can do is pray. Amen. Wow. um, Yeah. It's it's just kind of crazy. Okay. You know, even with all of our technological and scientific advancements, (laughs) we're still relatively helpless (laughs) in the face of Mother Nature doing Uh, her thing. Help us, Jesus. Like snakes getting (laughs) dropped off your head and hawks trying to hunt. That is horrible. Also on your head. Also, Luckily, Peggy is okay. Good. Her physical recovery is going well. Yeah. The emotional one. (laughs) It's going to take a little longer. It might take a little longer, understandably. I do not find this shocking at all. In a recent survey, about one third of Americans consider themselves great bargain hunters. I don't know if I'm very good at bargain hunting, but I do make an effort to save money. And in fact, pretty much all Americans, even if they're doing okay financially, are always looking to save money. According to this survey, here are some of the top ways to save money. Looking for items off season that are on clearance and saving them until you need them. I totally get this, you know, getting the things at Hobby Lobby in the Christmas section after Christmas, things like that. Checking multiple stores to find the most, quote, bang for my buck items on sale. I mean, yeah, that's pretty, pretty good idea. That's what they tell you to do, research where it's cheaper. And then this, I thought, was just the funniest one, putting $1 in a jar for each hour of TV you watch. I have never heard of this. I've heard of the swear jar or other kinds of jars where you put money in them, but I've never heard of putting a dollar in the jar for watching TV. But I might need to do this, except it's not TV. It's how many hours I spend on my phone. it's It's an embarrassing amount. I'd probably start saving a lot more money if I did that.
Well, today was the big day in our family. Oh boy. First day of school. First day of school. We are back at it today. Woo! I think most of our area now is back to school. Some yes. starting tomorrow. But by tomorrow, pretty much everyone will yeah. be back to school. Oh, the madness. And uh, yeah, it was a little bit of madness <laughs> this morning. We knew we needed to wake the kids up a little bit earlier than normal. Yeah. We also have our third child now who's going to preschool. Oh, that's new. So that adds a new wrinkle to the morning routine. Oh, yes. One of our daughters, her school starts a fair bit earlier than it did last year. Uh-oh. So just new rhythms and routines yeah. to get used to. Oof. It was a, a two-person job today. Normally, my <laughs> wife and I, we trade off who takes the kids to school. Yep. We both... We're had all hands on, on deck call this morning. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I want to know, Kara, is is how people do the the first day of school photos thing. Oh yeah. In the morning. Yeah. Because one, <laughs> we didn't have any time for that. Right. It was like just a rush to get out of the door and get to school on time. Yes. Two, nobody was in any mood. Oh yes. <laughs> to take the first day of school photos. I could totally see that. So yeah, uh, I don't no. know. We obviously have some things to learn. <laughs> From some of these other families who get that done in the morning. Yeah. Help me out, please. Fair question. This is something I love about Taylor Swift. She quietly donates her wealth, and I think that's a really important quality. She doesn't make a big show of it. She doesn't make it all about herself. Oh, look how good I am donating my money. She just does it. The Eras Tour is reported to make over a billion dollars, and reportedly, Taylor quietly donates to local food banks and hunger relief organizations in the areas that she's been touring. This has actually brought some attention and awareness to hunger issues in the U.S. And actually, food insecurity has gotten worse since the pandemic. Everything costs way more than it did three years ago, and people aren't donating as much as they used to, so there's a lot less to go around. But Taylor, donating like she does, has been a huge help, not just financially for these organizations that are in desperate need, but she's spreading awareness and getting others involved too. They say wherever Taylor goes, people follow. I like how this reminds us that we don't have to be celebrities to make a positive impact in our communities. It's something we can all do, but it helps to have a leading voice and a role model, and Taylor has been doing exactly that. When I was in high school, times got tough for my family, and we had to go to the food shelf. I know it embarrassed my parents that they had to do that, but I felt so grateful to have the burden of food lifted off our plates, pun intended. Because of this experience, I personally know how important it is to feed people and how we can all contribute in small ways to impact our communities. And I love that Taylor is using her influential voice to bring more people to this cause. Instant, I love it when I come across a scientific study that confirms my biases. <laughs> Don't we all? That is like it's so fun. The story of all of our lives for it, the past it, few years. It really, honestly, is. But I have to share this one because it really does make me very happy. Okay. Uh, a recent study found a potential causal link between people who take daytime naps and brain volume. Oh. Which could carry implications for staving off the effects of aging. Interesting. So they're saying like, yeah, people who take daytime naps uh-huh. consistently, it, it might help their brain's mass be bigger. You and literally it, have a bigger brain. Literally. <laughs> yeah. And that could help with dementia and things like that. Wow. Now, for the scientists, the takeaway was that more research is needed. Yeah. But for the rest of us, these findings suggest that we, we should all take more well, naps. Well, you know one basically. way that you could do more research? Yeah. Be to uh, keep taking naps, uh, right? Uh, <laughs> Obviously. <laughs>
listening to the Real FM Rewind. Make sure to check out all of our podcasts on the Real FM app or at real.fm. And don't forget, be kind and rewind. <laughs>